We are in part five this morning, part five, of the making of champions. And if you were here last week, um, I, I covered one of the most powerful, most influential, most prominent individuals in the whole Bible, a man named Daniel, who was a statesman and a governor and a, and a prophet of God. He was an incredible person. Um, and, and we started looking at a pattern that was emerging in his life that gave him power. Uh, sometimes we need to engage in a pattern to experience the power of God. And Daniel engaged in a pattern of prayer, and we discovered this last Sunday. We really began to explore that. Um, today I want to look at his pattern of fasting, his pattern of fasting. So I'm going to read one verse at the beginning of this sermon, uh, then we'll pray, then we will dive in and begin to explore this, this uh, pattern of fasting. Daniel chapter 10 verse 2 says, At that time, I, Daniel, ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. Let me read that one more time. Daniel said, At that time, I, Daniel, ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. Today, for the next few moments, I want to preach on the subject, the strategy of sacrifice. The strategy, the strategy of sacrifice. Let's bow our heads, let's pray, and let's invite God in. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your power in our lives. We thank you for your grace and mercy upon us. And God, I pray that today each and every one of us would open our, our, our hearts and our ears to hear what you have to say. I pray that your word would, would, would drop into the soil of our heart, take root, and grow. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that we would be transformed and empowered by your word today. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. In 1848, there was a French economist by the name of Jules Dufouy. I looked up the pronunciation of his, of his last name. It's Dufouy. Uh, he wrote an article introducing a concept that might be familiar with some of you. The concept is a cost-benefit analysis. Anybody ever heard of a cost-benefit analysis? Cost-benefit analysis is, is simply an assessment that we do throughout our lives to determine the benefit of, of engaging in some particular activity and then comparing the benefit to the cost. How many knows that anything of value that we hope to gain requires that we give something of value up in, in literally every area of our life? If we want to gain, we've got to give up. If I want to gain a new car, if I want a new vehicle, I've got to give something up in order to gain that vehicle. If I want to purchase a home, if I want to be a homeowner and I want to own a home, I've got to give something up in order to experience the benefit of that new home. It's going to cost me something to experience the benefit. If I want to have a healthy relationship in my life, if I want a healthy relationship with my spouse or a healthy relationship with my children or a healthy relationship with my, my, my friends or people at work, that, that requires a cost. There's a cost of time. There's a cost of selfishness. There's a cost associated with the benefit that we enjoy. And what's true in the natural world, something that we all already understand and know, is also true, and in fact, especially true, in the spiritual. In fact, if, 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 you, if you don't know this yet, let me explain a, a spiritual, physical, a spiritual, natural principle. Everything that occurs in the natural 
has a spiritual principle underlying it. So if, if in the natural thing that we hope to gain has a cost, so it is in the spiritual. Now, I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand me because salvation is free for you and me. It's not free in its, in its essence. Somebody paid for it. There was a sacrifice made for our salvation, but we don't have to pay for it, right? That's free. Salvation is free, but spiritual growth costs something. There's a cost to growing spiritually. In fact, this is why Jesus said, if you want to follow me, remember what he said? He said, take up your cross and follow me. What he's saying is there's a sacrifice associated with growing in me. It's going to cost something if you want to grow in, in me. And one of the most poignant examples of sacrifice that we see throughout the scripture is in the sacrifice of the fast, the fast of fasting. For those of you who are not familiar with fasting is a voluntary giving up of certain food or certain drinks for a specified period of time in an effort to draw closer to God in an effort to build a deeper relationship with God with the result of growing spiritually in, in, our, in our spiritual health and in our spiritual power. That's what it is. Now, uh, throughout the scripture, we see people doing fasts all, all the time, right? We see, we see Daniel, in this example, uh, doing a fast. Daniel wanted to hear from God. He and his people had been exiled in Babylon for a long period of time. And he said, God, I need to hear from you. I need to understand what's going on. I need to understand when we're going to be released to go back to, to our home country. I need to hear from you. And so for three weeks, Daniel fasted. He gave up certain foods and certain drinks for that period of time in order to gain something from God. That's called, that's called a fast. In modern times, sometimes people will abstain not only from food, but maybe abstain from social media or abstain from uh, certain television shows or Netflix or Hulu, something like that, because they want to, they want to spend some time sacrificing uh, some instant gratification in order to accomplish a greater goal. And so, so the fast is something we see throughout the scripture. And the reality of the fast is that there is, there's actually spiritual power that can be conveyed when we are willing to sacrifice for a period of time. And let me give you an example of this. This is going to be a Bible study today. Are y'all good with a Bible study on a Sunday morning? We're going to go deep into some stuff because I really want to pour this out for you today. When Jesus uh, brought his disciples together at the beginning of his ministry, he conveyed authority upon them to do certain miraculous acts. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, it says when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. So he gives them authority in this moment. But how many of you know authority does not always translate into ability? Sometimes we are authorized to do something, but we don't have the ability to carry it out. I am currently authorized to withdraw millions of dollars from my checking account. I have the authority to do that. I just don't have the ability to do that. Because I would have had to put the money in in order to get the money out, right? So there's, there's a difference. In this moment, Jesus is saying, I authorize you, 
right? I'm, I'm conveying my authorization on you to cast out demons, to heal people, to, to do miraculous works. We go down seven chapters, and in Matthew 17, uh, Jesus is coming back to his disciples after having been on the Mount of Olives. And it says in verse 14, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to Jesus, kneeling down and saying to him, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire, and he often falls into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, this is a problem because seven chapters earlier, Jesus had literally conveyed authority upon them to cast out demons and to heal and to do all this. And here comes a man saying, they, I brought them to your guys and they couldn't, do the, they, they couldn't do the job. So Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus is just like, you just don't want to hang around, Jesus, if you aren't willing to get like bumped a little bit every once in a while. Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, which is when you need to have this conversation. They come to him privately, and they said, why could we not cast him out? Why couldn't we do what you conveyed the authority upon us to do? Why did we lack the power and the ability to do what you said we could do? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21, however, however, he said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Translation, there's a level of power that requires a level of sacrifice. There's a level of spiritual growth, spiritual gain, that requires a level of spiritual sacrifice. Jesus is saying, man, your mind, you're saved. His disciples were not unsaved at this time. But they wanted to step into their destiny. They wanted to step into their true purpose. They wanted to accomplish what God had given them the authority to do. But they weren't able to do that because they actually hadn't put in the sacrifice yet. Jesus says this kind comes out not but by prayer and fasting. When we look at Jesus' life, right before he launched his ministry, you know, right before he started preaching and teaching and and teaching the kingdom of God to everybody. The scripture says this uh, in Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting for 40 days and nights. This is like one of the most obvious scriptures in the world. He was hungry. <laughs> what are they saying? They're saying there was a sacrifice. Jesus wanted to have power to launch his ministry power to overcome evil, power to overcome temptation, power to uh, uh, preach the gospel and to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. But in order to do that, he spent time fasting. When we meet Daniel at the beginning of this story, he needs desperately to hear from God. So he fasts. When Moses went up to get the, the Ten Commandments from God, the scripture says he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. When Esther wanted God to intervene to save her people, the scripture says that she and her people fasted. They spent time in fasting. You look through the scriptures and Ezra and Nehemiah and Samuel and uh, Paul and Barnabas, over and over and over, we see individuals in the scripture who needed a special touch, a special move of God in their life. And in order to attain that, in order to pursue that, they sacrificed something. They gave something up in order to 
gain something. So, so my question for us today, One Family Church, Shaw Campus, online, Tivoli, my question for us is this. What do you need to gain spiritually? And what are you willing to give up to pursue that over the next 40 days? Maybe for some of you, there's, um, there's a, a, a recurring habit or action or addiction or something in your life that you cannot break on your own. And maybe the Lord is saying to you today, like, I want you to spend some time in prayer and fasting. I want you to sacrifice something. Maybe some of you need to hear from God. You need clarity for a decision in your life. You're facing some potential transition in your life. And God says, I want you to spend some time in prayer and fasting. I want you to spend some time in intimate connection with me. I want you to turn some things off. I want you to avoid some things. I want you to put some things away so you can spend some time in intimacy with me. Maybe some of you need some supernatural love in your relationships. Your relationships are rocky and you need God to intervene. And maybe God is saying, I want you to spend some time in prayer and fasting because there's power. There's power when we spend time in prayer and fasting. There's power when we spend some time not doing something so that we can spend time with God. There's power in that. The question for us is why don't we do it? Why do we struggle with this? This is, this is a, a truth and a principle that people have known for generations. This is a thousands of years old practice. But why do we struggle to do this? And I'm going to tell you in four words. Are you ready? The authority of appetite. The authority of of appetite. Our belly is our boss. Come on, somebody. Our stomach is our sovereign. That's, that's all I could come up with for that. So, and it's not just food. We all struggle with letting our appetite dictate our actions. All of us struggle in times of our life with desiring instant gratification rather than long-term goals. And sometimes desiring the the immediate gratifying thing prevents us from experiencing the long-term goal. Our our appetite is our authority. And the truth is this is universal, and this has been throughout all history. So we look back at the very first primordial ancestors, our great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, and remember the temptation that they faced in the garden. Scripture says that Eve was talking to the crafty serpent, And God had told Eve, don't eat from a particular tree or you'll die. Verse 4 of chapter 3 of Genesis says, the serpent says to her, you're not going to certainly die. You're not going to die if you eat this. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Uh, Bishop Van Moody says they literally ate themselves out of house and home. Right? For one meal, they gave up the glory of God. For one desire of instant, immediate gratification, they gave up the future that they had with God. They gave up the intimacy that they had with God in the garden. Why? Because of one meal. Because of one moment where their instant desire took them over. Their appetite was their authority. 
me give you one more example. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. Genesis 25, verses 29 through 34. It says, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau, his brother, came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. The birthright, let me just pause here. The birthright has three components. It has the blessing of the father, right? It's the blessing of the father. It's the bonus of the inheritance. So you get a double portion of the inheritance. And then it's also the authority over the entire family. You become the boss of the family. So it's, 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 it's blessing, it's bonus, and it's boss, right? Your, your life transforms when you get the birthright uh, in, in, in this period of time. So he says, sell me your birthright. 32, look, I'm about to die, Esau said. Now, it takes a long time to die from hunger. I think Esau had been out on a hunting trip, and he had been hungry. He probably hadn't eaten all day, and he came back, and he said, I'm famished. I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. And then the, last, the next scripture is terrifying. It says, so Esau despised his birthright. He gave away his birthright literally for a bowl of beans. A bowl of lentils. He said, I'm going I'm, I'm to give away my blessing. I'm going to give away my... My bonus, I'm going to give away my authority, the opportunity for me to lead the family. I'm giving it all away. Why? Because of a desire for food. I, I, want, to, I want to ask us today, how many opportunities have we bypassed because we weren't able to control our appetites? I, well, we're just getting straight into the heavy stuff right now. You don't have to even nod. You can just look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, Right? How many relationships have we disrupted because we weren't able to control our appetites? How much potential have we bypassed because we weren't able to control our, our appetites, right? We see this throughout the scripture. It's, a, it's an ongoing uh, uh, narrative, not just food. It's all aspects of our life. When you look at Hebrews and it reflects back on Esau, this is what it says in the book of Hebrews. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. One meal. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected even though he sought the blessing with tears. He could not change what he had done. This is a terrifying scripture to me. God is, God's salvation endures forever. But there are certain things that we miss out on if we are not willing to say, God, I'm going to sacrifice something in order to gain this. I, I want to I sacrifice. I want to give something up in order to gain. In Galatians, the apostle Paul puts it like this. He said, so I say, walk by the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Here's the question for a lot of us. Okay. All right. I'm, 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 I'm in Lord. Like I want to make some sacrifices. I want to set some things aside so that I can gain some things spiritually. I want to grow spiritually. So I'm willing to give something up, but, but how do I defeat my desire? How do I get over those desires? I'm going to give you four more words. Are you ready? The direction of desire, the direction of desire. You cannot always defeat your desire but you can redirect your desire. 
Let me show you what I mean. If any of you have children, some of you with young kids, this is something that I learned when, when we first had children. I learned it from my wife, who's an educator. She taught me the word redirection. Redirection. Redirection is simply like when the child wants something, you're not going to get the child to not want that thing, but you can redirect the child's attention towards something greater. So if the child is saying, I want this cookie so bad, and they're screaming and kicking and crying and fighting and fussing, right? And you go, you want to go ride your bicycle? Well, sometimes they'll go, oh, okay. And now you've directed them to a greater good, right? You've turned them from what they desire to something that they desire more. We have to learn, church, to redirect our desires towards the things of God. A fast day can actually be a feast day because we're fasting from something good in, in many cases in order to feast on something greater. We're, we're, we're redirecting our desires. We're, we're not defeating them, but we are redirecting our desires. If you look at the temptation of the devil against Jesus when Jesus was starting his public ministry, remember the very first thing he tested him with. If you look at Matthew chapter 4, it says, the tempter came and said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. In other words, gratify the desires of your hunger right now. I know you desire food. Jesus in that moment could not or would not have defeated the desire for food because he had fasted for 40 days. He was hungry, the scripture says. But look how he answers in verse 4. It says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, what he's saying is, I desire God more than I desire my gratification. He said, I'm hungry for my destiny more than I'm hungry for the fulfillment of my desires. He's saying, I'm hungry for the treasures in heaven more than I'm hungry for the treasures on earth. This is how we, as the people of God, the children of God, the followers of Jesus, we have to learn to redirect our desires. What I want to do is stir up a hunger for you for the things of God. I want you to be, I, and I want to be so hungry for God that the things of this world, as the song says, grow strangely dim. It just doesn't matter as much to me because I've got my eye on something bigger. I've got my, my taste on something greater. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. He's saying, I want you to be hungry for something greater. David said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. You see, we might not be able to defeat our desire, but we can direct our desire to something greater. We can start saying, God, I want something more. I want to pursue you. I want to, I want to experience the grandeur and the beauty, the grace, the joy, the love of God. And I want that more than I want my instant gratification. I want, I'm willing to pay the cost for the benefit of being with you and knowing you and growing in power. So how do we specifically do that? And this is where I get the title of my sermon. This is my last point. It's called the strategy of sacrifice. The strategy of sacrifice. The um, former coach of the Lakers, Byron Scott, would often talk about uh, his year with Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant's rookie year uh, with the Lakers. And, and Byron, Byron Scott was his coach, and he said, he said, he tells a story about one day coming to the gym and uh, uh, practice started at like 11 o'clock that day. And he gets to the gym, and it's like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And the, the, the facility is dark. It's shut down. Uh, but he hears a basketball in the gym. 
And he comes and he looks around the corner and he looks into the gym. And in the dark, 18-year-old rookie Kobe Bryant is shooting hoops. Two, two and a half hours before practice started. He's drilling. He's, he's throwing free shows, uh, free throws. He's, he's doing layups. He's practicing. And, he, and Byron Scott says, it was in that moment that I realized he was going to be great. Why? Because he's willing to sacrifice. He already had the talent. He already had the ability. He already had the power, but he was willing to say, I'm going to sacrifice for a greater good. The question for us today is, what are we willing to give up in order to gain something great? What are we willing to give up? Jesus, in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, it's Matthew 5 and 6. I encourage you to read it during this 40 days of prayer and fasting. He gives us three core disciplines of every believer. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read them to you really quick. Here's what he says. Matthew 6, 2, he says this. So when you give, that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice of resources. And he doesn't say if you give. He's saying when you give. So he's saying every follower of me needs to be willing to give something up from their resources or from their finances to, to serve other people, to help others that are in need in, in, in order to be my followers. They need to sacrifice something. You go down three verses, and he says, and when you pray, again, not if you pray, but when you pray, this is a sacrifice of time. This is a sacrifice of relationship. This is when I say, I'm going to go spend time with God rather than doing something else. And then the third one in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, this is a sacrifice of desire. This is a sacrifice of instant gratification for greater glory. This is a, this is a sacrifice of me saying, I'm going to give something up in order to gain something from you. Jesus is calling each and every one of us to make some, some decisions about sacrifice in order to experience the success of following him. When Daniel fasted, the scripture says he fasted for three weeks. Three weeks, he said, God, I need to hear from you. And he gave up certain foods and, and certain drinks, and, and it was for a three-week period for him. He said, I need to hear from you, God. And so I fasted. And, ja and Daniel uh, 10, 2, it says, I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. And then you look down and see the result, and here's what happened. Verse 4 says, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face was like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Do not be afraid, Daniel, he said, since the first day that you set your mind to gaining understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. The breakthrough that Daniel needed, the hearing from God that Daniel desired with his heart, soul, mind, and strength, after a period of prayer and fasting, God says, I'm going to come and I've been listening to your prayers. I've noticed your sacrifice and I'm going to respond to what you have to, to ask me today. The question for us is what breakthrough do we need and what are we willing to do to gain it? Are we willing to say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to set aside some time. I'm going to set aside something that means something to me. Maybe it's a certain food or a certain drink. Maybe it's um, social media. Maybe it's uh, whatever it is for you. I want you to pray and say, God, what, what shall I set aside for the next 40 days so that I can press into you? And we don't do this out of duty. We don't do it out of condemnation, out of obligation. And that, that's where I've wanted to be really careful this morning.
because I know that a, a sermon on fasting can sound like, oh, a brow beating, like, you know, oh, you've really got to do this and you're not doing good enough. That's not what the scripture is saying. Scripture is saying God's, God's love is there for you, whatever you do. His love doesn't go away. His grace, his mercy doesn't go away. But there's an opportunity for greater. This sermon is for somebody who wants greater. This sermon is for somebody who wants to grow. This sermon is for somebody who wants to experience the power of God in their life in ways that they've never experienced it before. This sermon is for somebody who wants to get stronger in the Lord. This sermon is for somebody who wants to overcome temptation. This is, this is for somebody who wants to be strengthened by the power of the Lord in their life. And God says, yes, in order to gain that, there's a sacrifice. We don't do it out of duty. We don't do it out of obligation. We don't do it out of condemnation. We do it out of love. And we do it by modeling what God did for us. Scripture says, for God so loved the world that what? He, he gave. He sacrificed his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's model for us is, I want to gain you. He says, I want to gain you. So I'm willing to sacrifice. God is calling us today to make a sacrifice in order to succeed in an area that that he's destined us and purposed us for. What does our church look like when for 40 days we as a church community say, we're going to lean in. We're going we're gonna to go for it. I want to encourage you this, this week, today, go on the, the website or on the app to the onefamilychurch.com slash 40 days. I think there's a slide of that. Go on there and, and, and pray. We've got, different, we've got a lot of information about different types of fasts that you can do. But pray and say, God, I want to grow in you. I, I want to go greater. I've, you know, I've become complacent. I've, I don't want lethargy to rule me. I don't want my own desires for instant gratification to rule me. I want to see something greater. I want to go somewhere greater. I don't want one family church to be like just a nice church where people can pop in and feel good. I want us to be a, an army of love marching through this community and bringing the peace of God and the kingdom of God and the joy of God and the justice of God across this planet. That's what I long for us. That's what I want for me. And God's saying, I want you to lean in, sacrifice, take that step, and let me grow you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? If you're here today and, and maybe you are not a follower of Jesus, what I want you to hear is you can't earn it. There's nothing that you can do to gain it other than put your trust in Him. Because He already sacrificed for you. He already sacrificed for you. And for you, I would just ask you to pray this prayer. Father, I, I accept your sacrifice. I accept the death of Jesus his burial, and his resurrection. I believe in you. And I commit my life to following you. If you prayed that prayer, then, then, then now you're a follower of Jesus and he's calling you to take the next step. If you are a follower of Jesus, we're praying, God, I want to grow in you. I want to be strengthened and empowered by your spirit. I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. I want a life of greatness. Greatness in the kingdom of God. I want to be a part of a community that's making a difference. I want to be a part of a community that's bringing the love of God, that's crashing through the bonds of sin, that's breaking through the darkness and bringing the light of hope to a troubled world. I want to be a part of that. God, lead me and teach me and show me what I should do. Father, we love you. 
We trust you. We're so grateful for you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.